Welcome back to another episode of Naturally Healing Autism. I am Karen Thomas, your host. And as you know, this podcast is made for parents of children on the autism spectrum. And what I like to do is share natural resources that can help you get your children better and then keep them better. And as many of you know my story, I actually have a child who was once diagnosed with autism. And because of the all natural resources that I have used to um, through my research of now 11 years and releasing my book and my website everything else I have recovered my son and so what I do now is share as much information as I can and uh, new updated information all the time with parents so that you can have the resources that you need to get your children better today I have yet another guest with us today and her name is Zen Honeycutt and Zen is very impressive. Uh, she has started an organization called Moms Across America. And just so you know, as you're listening to this podcast, if we talk about uh, various websites or products, I will link to, uh, to things on the naturallyhealingautism.com page that this podcast is on so that you'll have those links right there. You don't have to scramble for a pen and paper to try to write down everything that we talk about. I will link to those on that page so you can come back and, and be able to find those easily. So I'm going to give you just a brief information, a little bit of information on Zen. She's, again, the founder of Moms Across America, which is a nonprofit organization and the mother of three boys whose health has improved greatly when she started using genetically, uh, avoided genetically modified foods and went organic. And... Um, other related pesticides, which we'll talk about a little bit that you can learn to avoid, know more about, and how you can combat those. But uh, to create her, the, the program creates basically a safer future for our community across America. And, and now uh, it looks like they're, over, they're in over 50 states and actually now international and have 600 leaders. Uh, and, and this has really grown that Moms Across America has become a huge organization and they're really helping to educate parents about these herbicides, these genetically modified foods, um, and everything that you can do to help get your children better with safer food quality. So welcome, Zen, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Karen, and thank you to all your listeners and viewers out there today. You know, it's, it's people like you that are taking matters into their own hands and writing books and doing podcasts like this and people who are watching and listening um, who are saying enough is enough. I'm going to do something about this. And it really is an honor and a privilege just to be a part of this conversation. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure to have you here. Uh, there's so much valuable information that I know that you have to share. Uh, I can just kind of turn you loose, I'd like to know, uh, and I'm sure uh, our listeners would like to know, how did you get into starting Moms Across America? And then what it is that you do and how you do it? Because I know you have a lot of volunteers throughout the country and now internationally and, and how you go about uh, the process of, of educating people and what you do. Great. Thank you very much. Well, first of all, um, I started Moms Across America because I had the support of an incredible husband and children that inspired me that had health issues, like millions of moms across America today, um, my children had health issues, and namely life-threatening food allergies was how it started, and to nuts, I almost lost my son on Thanksgiving night because of a pecan in the stuffing. Um, he almost died in front of my eyes in the ER. It was horrifying. He very easily could have died, and, um, you know, and the problem with that moment was not just that that happened and that we have such severe food allergies today. Um, it's that I felt like there was nothing I could do. And for many years, I felt resigned and doubtful. There's just all we can do is avoid nuts. You know, so suddenly food looked like a, a food mine to me. You know, mm -hmm. every, it was, I was fearful. I felt mm -hmm. unsafe. Going to friends' houses was like, oh God, I have to, you know, it, everything became much more challenging than it already was, never mind his, you know, the crying and the rashes and the lethargy or the health issues that he had in relation to food allergies, but the fact that, uh, you know, he couldn't eat anything anywhere he went practically uh, because I was concerned about contamination of nuts or, or his other allergens. He had allergies to wheat. My other children have al had allergies to dairy, eggs, uh, gluten, tree nuts, peanuts, and carrageenan, which is a seaweed food thickener in just about everything that kids like. So these food allergies were incredibly concerning and frustrating because my husband and I never had food allergies, you know, and we had great health when we were kids. 
However, I was starting to hear about more and more friends who had these allergies. And then, then, then slowly more and more friends whose children had these unexplainable health issues. You know, one was uh, kind of a cerebral palsy and others were more on the sensory issues. And we started to understand like, wait a second, is this autism? And we started hearing that word more and more often. And um, we didn't at the time connect any of this to, to vaccines. None of us did. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we did see that when our children ate certain foods, their health issues uh, got worse. And then I started to see after I learned, I started to, to investigate and I learned about GMOs, which are genetically modified organisms that have been engineered to either be a pesticide, there's a toxin in it, or resist pesticides. There's newer GMOs now that are engineered to have a desired trait, like you know, non-browning apples and all that. But I'm I'm not primarily I'm not necessarily talking about those today. I'm talking about the ones that um, have uh, the toxins in them, and that are the predominant ones in the market. Over 80% of them are on the market. So I started to investigate, and and that process of investigating, I created partnership with my son, with my family, and I realized that it wasn't enough for my family to go organic and to avoid these foods and the inflammation, which we'll get into more, you know, the health impacts of them because my son's future spouses are out there somewhere. So in order for them to have healthy families, to be able to conceive and have healthy children to, you know, not be exhausted and inundated with health issues, their spouses right now would have to be eating healthy food because their reproductive organs are forming right now. Their mm-hmm. brains are forming, their nervous systems are forming, right? So this is a community issue. We cannot just say, oh, I'm just going to take care of my family about this. No, we have to let the world know about this. And so I asked myself, how can I raise awareness with as many people as possible in the shortest amount of time? And um, inspired by Jeffrey Smith's Tipping Point, you know, he wrote, uh, he had the movie Genetic Roulette, and Robin O'Brien's TED Talk, Patriotism on a Plate, I put two and two together and I came up with marching in 4th of July parades. And it was really just a moment of, you know, some people say God or just divine energy or just, I don't know what you want to call it. But um, it was a moment when I thought, this is what I'm here to do. And my husband said, well, just because you thought of it doesn't mean you have to do it. And I said, oh, no, I have to do this. <laughs> I thought so I, of it means yeah. I have to do it. <laughs> yeah, so I, I share the idea with a few people. What do you think if it's moms across America joining in a parade? Number one, people trust moms, right? And we don't just do things for no reason. If we're upset about something, people are like, hang on a second. Why are these moms, you know, taking their time out of their busy schedules to be, to march about this, you know? Right. And then it's moms across America. It's big. It's national. And we're marching to label GMOs. So we're having the word GMOs on a banner in a 4th of July parade. Every 4th of July parade, three spectators deep for three miles means reaching close to 40,000 people. So you, and, and if it's a smaller parade, there's only one person on each side or, you know, it's a mile and a half, then you're at least at reaching five or 10,000 people. Right. And, and you're doing this in your hometown in a friendly way. You're not harassing anybody. You're not screaming at anybody. You're just handing them a, you know, we've got these great flyers that we hand out that are available on our website that we mostly mail out for free as long as you pay for shipping. And so I, you know, I raised this idea with some key people in the cause of the GMO movement. And they were like, it's beautiful. I love it. They listened to me. They supported me, which I highly encourage to listen and to support other people's ideas. And um, I got a, a fiscal non-sponsor. At the time, they were called the California State Grange. Now they're the California Guild. They're an incredible group of um, supporters for farmers and agricultures and communities. And uh, was off and running. Within four months of launching our Facebook page in February of 2013, we, had over, we were reaching over 300,000 a week on Facebook. Wow. Yeah. And hundred I think it's 172 or 179 groups in the first year joined into Fourth of July parades. And we reached millions of people in a single day. And since then, our moms have caused movie nights and speaker series and, you know, marched in parades. Like they're creating events and they're also blogging about it, which is, which is great. You reach tons of people on social media. But what I love about what our moms are doing is that they're brave enough to say, hey guys, come on over. Let's make, you know, kefir together or kombucha and talk about GMOs and toxins and how to get them out of our body. They're offering solutions to people and they're having dinners and they're showing movies and creating community. And, and it's, 
we need to do that. We need to create community now. We need to take the power back of moms and the American people away from the corporations, away from these regulatory agencies that are, that are taking over parental rights in order to try to control us and have us spend money on toxic things that just give a CEO corporation, you know, corporations of CEOs, I mean, CEOs of corporations, more money in their wallets. And, and, and that's just not, you know, and poisoning the planet in the meantime. So it's not acceptable. I know this is a long answer, but it's, it's really about empowering people. Our, our motto is empowered moms, healthy kids. And it's been an incredible ride. I've met incredible people, had support from amazing people all across the country. I did not do this by myself. And I continue to have a growing team. And I'm, I'm very grateful for anyone because we, we've been seeing a lot of success a lot of moms reporting, and especially my son as well. His allergies went from a 19 down to a 0.2. He no longer has life-threatening allergies. It's a huge weight off my back, huge amount of peace of mind, huge amount of confidence for him. And my other son's health issues, which we'll get into later, um, have also improved. And it's, it's just been incredible, really I'm very blessed and, and grateful for this journey. Yeah, that's amazing. And you're right that it, a lot of people want to know, but they just don't know. And they need to know the truth and just be educated on it and find the correct education. And, um, and then also women uh, support 85% of the buying power in stores and yes. our purchasers. So if women, moms are educated, know what they will buy and know what they will not buy, then that's going to make a big impact. And you're starting to see that. I mean, there are more and more organic products in your mainstream grocery stores. You never used to see that mm -hmm. gluten-free, uh, complete uh, sections and things like that. So it's, it's moving. I mean, it's helping definitely people are noticing, but that's the thing is, if you know, you don't want to buy that, you don't buy it. And that company, that corporation is not going to make the money. They're going to know, well, we better make some changes because people aren't going to buy this anymore and their profits will go down and that's what they care about. So, you know, to be able to say, this is what we want. This is what we don't want. Yes, and that's exactly, it's the, the purchasing power of the moms that will turn this around. We are the ones that 85% of, of purchases in the, uh, actually 90, we, we control 90% of the household purchases, women in general, and uh, we buy 85% of the food. So it's really up to us and we just need to educate each other in a kind way. We need to be kind to each other. People are not intentionally asleep as it's called you know I fed my child GMOs for nine years it does not make me a bad mom I vaccinated my kids because I trusted my doctor that does not make me bad or evil or stupid or you know unconscious you know I was doing the best I can and and uh, I appreciate that you bringing up we need to educate each other and it does need to be empowering yeah, because it's just about having the knowledge to do so. It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong or you should feel guilty or bad about anything that's that, that's happened in the past. But now the whole point of what I do and what you do in your organization is to educate about the, the natural resources and the good things that are out there that can help our kids get better if they're already not well and then stay better. That's yes. the whole point. Yeah, when you know better, you do better. Forgive yourself for the past. You can't do anything about it. Um, we have never attempted to tell people you did this and you're bad and wrong or anything. No, I mean we've I've gone through tragedy. I've I've had a miscarriage. You know, I I don't. There's no absolutely nothing in it for me to make myself wrong about that. To feel guilty about it and um, you know to have that be something that I should you know I don't know feel bad about for the rest of my life. It it happened. And what can I do now? We can raise awareness for other people so that that doesn't uh, continue to happen for them. And, and that just means warning people about the, um, or informing people about the possibilities that could be connected to it. Because we all have the right to know if there's any harm that could come to our children from anything. We have a right to know if that, there's even a possibility of that, right? And, and to know, uh, and so that we can protect our children from it. You know, somebody gave an example of um, uh, monocropping. I guess it was in this, in a, a movie called Sustainable about farming. She said, the, the problem with monocropping is that it's like um, a robber, you know, coming to your house and having a key just to your house. That's, that's one type of farming, right? It's, it's, diverse farming and if they have a key to your house they can get in so it's like a fungus can attack that one crop right but monocropping is like the robber has a key 
that opens the doors to all the houses on the street, right? And it can wipe out the whole crop. Well, it's, it's the same type of thing with knowledge. If we know somebody has a key to our house and could come in, you know what I mean? Or we're not going to give somebody, my point is we're not going to give somebody a key to our house and think, oh, you could come in and hurt us. Could be a bad guy, could not be a bad guy. I'm not going to give a stranger a key to my house if they could come in, you know? So I'm not going to feed my kid some weird food or some weird toxin if I, as long as I know about it, if it could hurt my kid. And I have a right to do that. But the way that the current uh, system is set up is, no, you don't have a right to know that. We're not going to put glyphosate on this pita bread or hummus. We're not going to put GMOs on it. You, you shouldn't know this. It's too confusing. You don't have a right to know this. You don't have a right to attempt to protect your child. And that is wrong. That is greedy and wrong, immoral, unethical. I don't care how much science is behind it. If, if there's any evidence, if there's one study that shows harm, we have a right to choose to, to protect our child from that, especially when so many of us have children with autoimmune issues now. Right. That's we true. need to take that extra effort. And every child has different susceptibilities, so you have to really be cautious. So you mentioned glyphosate. Yeah. Um, for some of my listeners, they might have heard, uh, and if you haven't, please listen to it. I did interview uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, who is an expert on um, on glyphosate, which is Love this her. herbicide, pesticide, that is uh, very, very dangerous. And you can get all the very deep specifics in that interview, in that podcast interview, and I'll link to it. It's at naturallyhealingautism.com. But Zen, I would like for you, for our listeners now who are, are here with us, to uh, kind of go into glyphosate, how it's getting on our crops, how it's affecting our kids, and then you know some of the solutions, what we can do about that as well. Sure. I mentioned earlier GMOs, that's genetically modified organisms. There's um, three kinds of GMOs. The first one is called BT, which is Bacillus thuringiensis. It's a toxin from a dead grain caterpillar, um, which goes, is injected into the DNA of the corn, for instance, and it's genetically engineered to constantly reproduce more toxins. So it's like a little toxin factory and it causes holes to erupt in the stomach of the uh, bug that eats the plant, any, any part of the plant, every single cell, every single DNA part, you know, in the plant is um, in, in basically infected with a bacteria or virus with this toxin. So that's one type and that's called, um, that's called, uh, um, sorry, not, yeah, BT, bacterial therogenesis. And then there's HT, which is herbicide tolerant, which you're talking about with the glyphosate. So the majority of GMOs, over 80% of GMOs, are engineered to withstand glyphosate herbicides. The number one brand being Roundup. Glyphosate has gone uh, generic now, so there's now over 700 different brands that utilize glyphosate. So you can't just pinpoint Roundup on this, um, but it is the primary one. So they call them Roundup-ready crops. And these crops are sprayed, such as corn and soy and uh, sugar. They're sprayed with Roundup as, uh, as the crop grows. And so the crop will not die, but all the weeds around it will. Now, and many GMOs are triple stacked. They've got BT and they're Roundup ready. And it's not just Roundup glyphosate. They're, you know, resistant to dicamba or 2,4-D or many other different atrazine or, you know, many other different um, pesticides. And uh, this is a huge problem because these chemicals don't wash off. Glyphosate does not wash off. It absorbs into the plant. We ingest it. And you can see from the list on our website under data, the EPA allowable list of glyphosate, you can see the residue levels that are allowed in our food are very high, thousands of times higher than has been shown to destroy our gut bacteria and cause a whole host of problems, which I'll get into more in a second. Now, the third type of GMO is, I'm calling it DT for desired trait. So, and that could be disease resistant. It could be um, uh, non-browning apple or, you know, non-browning uh, potato or a pink pineapple or, you know, vitamin A and rice or whichever, right? It has a desired trait. Toxins are not involved, but the changing of RNA or DNA is involved. And this means either silencing a gene which concerns me because we don't know if it's going to, if this type of food can silence genes in our children's body. We just don't know. There's been no human trials on this, right? And, um, and we also, when they wake up genes, like they want it to read information. So it's like a little recipe that they put in. We don't know if that process of waking genes up 
in the plant when we consume it will wake up rare disease genes in our child. And a friend of mine spoke to a geneticist and he said, you know, there's an increase of rare disease, rare diseases in children these days. It's almost as if something is waking them up. Out of the words of a geneticist, you know, mouth. And so I'm very concerned that this could be happening. Now, does that mean it is happening? No, it doesn't. But as a mother, I have a right to know that this could be happening. And if I want to avoid those foods, I should be able to have the right to avoid those foods. And so those are the three types of GMOs. And the main one that we have focused on at Moms Across America is the Roundup Ready, the glyphosate uh, resistant GMOs because, um, because it's the most widely used and because the research now on glyphosate just shows that it is so insidiously harmful. It's glyphosate by itself is not immediately toxic. I want to be clear about that, right? Everybody's saying, oh, glyphosate is so toxic. But, well, the science shows that it's not immediately toxic. It is long-term insidiously harmful. And the co-formulants in Roundup, there's, there's many other co-formulants. I don't know exactly how many because they don't have to reveal them. They, they just have to show that the glyphosate is the declared active chemical ingredient and then just say other ingredients, you know, 76% or whatever of other ingredients. And those other ingredients never have to be proven safe. There are no long-term animal studies with blood analysis that are in the EPA's possession on any of the brands of Roundup. I have asked them this myself. I've been to the EPA twice and sat down with the, the uh, pesticide review boards and they have admitted this directly to me in, in, a, in a room full of scientists. So anybody that claims that Roundup as it sits on the shelf and any glyphosate herbicide or probably any herbicide for that factor, um, for, that, for that matter, because this is not their policy. It's not their policy to require safety testings of the final formulation of any of these products. They only require the safety testing of one declared active chemical ingredient. And in this case, it's glyphosate. And it is, frankly, the least immediately harmful, harmful toxin in the product. And that's probably why they chose it. Right? It least harmful and it's extremely least harmful. toxic. Least the least, least immediately toxic. Yes. But long-term harm, incredible amounts of long-term harm. We've seen now um, that it causes liver disease in rats. It's a neurotoxic. It's an endocrine disruptor at tiny amounts. It is a chelator, meaning it holds or makes unavailable the vital nutrients of any living thing it touches. That leads to cancer in people because if we don't have potassium and manganese in our bodies, if we don't have uh, the right types of minerals, we can't fight cancer. You know, it, it chelates, it goes after zinc. Zinc is one of the main components of sperm. We just see these studies out the past, this past week now that men's sperm rates are dropping 50% in, in Western men. In African men and Chinese men, it's even worse. They've got six to 15 years left. If, this, if the same men, the, the men in Africa and China were subjected to the same chemicals and environmental situations or smoking that, you know, whatever they're doing as the men that are tested, they've got six to 15 years left. In America, we've got about 25 years left of men who can reproduce naturally if they're exposed to the same types of circumstances that were men, the men that were tested are, um, which most of them are. And when you're taking, when you're testing 30,000 men in China, you know, you, you, that's a pretty good sampling of the population, you know? And um, so, so glyphosate is very harmful in many different ways and they have created loopholes to get around that. And so that the, um, the corporations that make it, particularly Monsanto, can claim that um, that glyphosate, you know, by itself, technically, they're saying does not cause cancer. By itself, you know, used as directed is safe. You know, they can use all of these semantics to get around things, but it's um, it's incredibly harmful. And just like DDT and PCBs before that took 30 years to get off the market, I'm very confident, though, we will get this off the market. We will move in a direction of more organic regenerative agriculture because it simply has to go this way. It's not working for human beings to be poisoned by our food supply and, um, and to be harmed. And it's water soluble. So that means it can, you know, it gets into our rivers, our lakes, our oceans, and uh, gets into the fish in the ocean that we eat, gets into yes. the plants. And um, Zen, I know that you have done, Moms Across America has done a study of women and found glyphosate in breast milk, including breast milk of women who are eating organically. So my thought, and I'd love to hear what, what, what you found or what your belief or thought is on it, 
is that if the breast milk is containing this glyphosate in, in moms who are eating organically, I'm thinking maybe it's the tainted water supplies that are spraying and watering these crops. Um, but um, because that's what we need to also, you know, because now our listeners are, are, are getting, okay, glyphosate is dangerous. What can I do to avoid it? Well, definitely eating organically. Um, yeah. I always say as close to home as you can go to use your, your farmer's markets. Um, also, uh, there's a great alternative to using Roundup in your yards. A lot of people are using it in their, in their yards, not realizing the dangers. And you can put uh, a gallon of vinegar and a few squirts of Dawn dishwashing liquid in a, in a weed killer you know, uh, container and spray it. And it does about the same exact job, but yes, it's non-toxic. Yes. So that is, there are better alternatives around your home as well as the food that you're buying out. Um, what do you think about, tell us a little bit about that, that study you did with the, the breast milk. I'm curious about that. Great. I'm glad you brought it up because the opposition of course has contested this, um, extensively. And this is because DDT and PCBs were found in breast milk and five years later they were banned. So this is very important for the $40 billion a year industry to contest the fact that we found glyphosate in breast milk. Now, first of all, I do want to say it was not a study. To say that it's a study implies scientific study with certain protocols and certain uh, numbers. You know, I mean, 40, 40 is a scientific, scientifically significant amount to test for. We simply didn't have the funds for that. And, and frankly, it was very difficult to get 10 moms to, to pump and freeze and FedEx their breast milk when they have a baby and probably a couple of toddlers running around to actually take the time to do that and pay for that on their own dime for the FedEx. That was humongous that 10 women did that from across the country. And uh, so, and, and, and I've been criticized for, oh, it's like this mail order thing, random. Well, it's supposed to be random and that's the way you do it. You mail in your sample. There's no other way. I mean, if you have a scientific study, maybe you have women come into a scientific lab and they pump, you know, uh, you know, into a clinic or something and they pump there, that's possible. But we did what we could do and we did it with the only lab that we knew that would test for glyphosate with the best available methodology. And, um, and the point was to get people, if we found it, to get scientific studies funded. The point was to get other people to say, hey, wait a second, let's look into this. We're questioning this, let's test for it, right? Which has happened. So what we found was that out of the 10 women, um, three of them were positive for glyphosate in the breast milk. Now, nine out of 10 knew about GMOs and were eating as organically as possible. They weren't 100% organic, but as much as they could. They were supporters of Moms Across America. The one that had the highest level, 166 parts per billion, was not a Moms Across America supporter. She was a friend of a Moms Across America supporter. And this friend just asked her, hey, could you, you know, do, do be a part of this? And so she was eating conventional food. And coincidentally enough, she had the highest levels. And the other two women that tested, um, not nearly as high, they were 76 or 99 parts per billion, but, you know, in, the, in, a, in a concerning range, uh, confessed to eating out at restaurants a lot. Not a lot, but, you know, a couple times a week. So, right. um, and the other, the two that ate organically that lived in an area where we thought for sure they would have glyphosate in their breast milk was in Illinois and Iowa, which are the most highly sprayed areas in America. That yeah. is, they're in that pocket of the most highly sprayed areas. I'm sure that, um, you know, South Dakota and, you know, certain other areas have a lot of glyphosate being used as well in Missouri. Um, but they did not have any glyphosate detected. And we believe that's because they ate organically. Mm, now, okay. um, but your point about there still being glyphosate in people's bodies, um, yes, it's very concerning. It is in the water, but the levels in the water are very, very low. And, um, and they, it wouldn't, my son, for instance, we tested our water. It was 0 0.086 parts per billion. And I tested my son when he had a sudden outburst of, uh, outburst of autism symptoms, which I'll get into in a second. And he, uh, he would have had to have drunk nine swimming pools worth of water that day in order to have the amount of um, eight point, I think it was seven, five parts per billion of glyphosate in his urine. And, and it's actually even more than that. that. That's if all of the glyphosate that he consumed went out through his urine. And we know now it doesn't. There's, you know, 30% or something is eliminated and um, only 2% goes in the bone marrow. So what you're left is, you know, showing up in the urine is like 60% of what was actually consumed. Do you know what I mean? There's all these other factors. Right. So, um, so 
anyway, the point, the point is, is that yes, there are multiple levels of exposure. Your neighbor could be spraying it right now and it could be drifting into your window. You could be exposed to it that way. You could, it could be sprayed out on the sidewalks by your uh, city council, you know, would commission uh, uh, parks and recs or some um, type of, um, we have Orange County Public Works that has trucks that go by and they spray along the sidewalks and right right where the water drains are, mm -hmm. right? In order to prevent uh, damage to their assets, which is the sidewalks and the road from grass, right? Growing in weeds. So they spray it on the streets and sidewalks. If your kids are running around outside barefoot in a, in a city street or, you know, neighborhood, it's very possible they're being exposed there too. But there is a lot that we can do about it and we'll go into that. Excellent. Okay. Um, yeah, let's get into some of those resources. How people will know, um, well, again, eating organically, local farmer's market, know your growers if you can. Uh, and then um, and then there are some great things out there uh, that do help to to pull glyphosate out of the body. And, and I know that we're, we're going to talk about one. Did you want to get into that now or did you have something else that you, you yeah, wanted sure. to discuss? Yeah, sure. I just wanted to take a break from me talking and I appreciate <laughs> you adding this in. Yes, know your farmer. Um, put water filters if you can on your water. Want reverse osmosis? We did test it after that and found that it was not detectable. So it doesn't mean it's not in there because you can only detect a certain level, right? Um, but there is a there is a lab called um, Health Research Institute now uh, lab laboratories Health Research Institute laboratories that has a very low it's like parts per trillion detectability level for in your water. So I'm going to get retested, you know, our water to, to check that out. I'm very nervous about it because what do you do? You know, what do you do when you find out it's in your water? So here's what you do, right? You, you, first of all, you put the best filters on that you can. You eat organic as much as possible. And on our website, I believe it's, it may not be up right now, but probably by the time you post this, it'll, it'll be up. We have a blog that says how to avoid, like the top 10 foods to avoid to avoid glyphosate, right? You want to avoid GMOs, but you also want to avoid glyphosate. And here's, here's the reason why, which I didn't touch upon earlier. Glyphosate herbicides are also being sprayed on non-organic foods and non-GMO foods. So for instance, wheat is non-GMO, but if it's not organic, it is very highly likely being sprayed with glyphosate as a drying agent just before harvest. So wheat and the other highest ones are oats, buckwheat, um, uh, legumes, peas, beans, lentils, soy, these types of grains and seeds, um, even teas like mint tea, we would expect to find high levels of glyphosate on it um, because of looking at the EPA allowable levels. They allow 400 parts per million on grains. It only takes point, one, uh, these are uh, animal feeds, sorry. So we also expect to find it in meat. It's, it has been found in meat tissue. Um, Dairy so as they well, allow because the cows. parts per million on grains and, you know, mm -hmm. something like, say, seven parts per million on potatoes. And it only takes 0.1 parts per billion to destroy our gut bacteria. 0.1 parts per billion. And this is incredibly dangerous because I'll say, I'll say why it's dangerous and then I'll say what we can do about it. Well, this is um, where we go with gut, gut and autism. Right? Yeah, in the gut bacteria is where tryptophan is made and mm -hmm. stored. It's not the only place, but it's the main place. And without tryptophan, our bodies cannot make serotonin or melatonin or guarin, essential hormones that, are, that cause our bodies to function properly. And, and for instance, serotonin is what regulates insulin. So without insulin being in balance, what are you going to get? Diabetes, right? And uh, without serotonin, you, you won't, a person won't feel satiated. They won't feel like they're happy or satisfied or have had enough. So they might want more and more and more chips or alcohol or porn or right drugs or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. They might feel more and more addicted. And so I don't know how any rehab center could ever expect people to get, off, get through an addiction and get to the other side if they're not addressing the gut bacteria, if they're not addressing nutrition and right. avoiding toxins and avoiding uh, especially glyphosate and antibiotics, right, which destroy the gut bacteria. I go into this in, in great detail, actually, in, in my book, Naturally Healing Autism, and I'll link to it. And it's dealt right. with in my in my program as well, because 95% um, of the serotonin receptors are 
are made in the gut. So if the gut is disturbed, those serotonin receptors, the, the serotonin cannot be built. Yeah. And then the brain is not getting the neurotransmitters. This also goes for GABA, which GABA's job is to calm the nerves down. So if a child has a lot of anxiety issues, it could be linked to that as well. Uh, and then um, also the same with dopamine receptors. This all comes from the gut. So yes. the gut as, is known as the second brain. It directly mm -hmm. is affecting the brain and its ability to function. So we've got to take care of the gut. And if these things are, are destroying the gut bacteria, then you're going to often see neurological symptoms and problems before you're going to see some of the gut issues. Most people think they're going to look for the gut issues first. It may be that's the case for your child, but often we'll see neurological behavioral type of symptoms first. Yeah. And the reason why is because um, when you destroy the beneficial gut bacteria, what immediately starts happening, especially if you're eating sugar and wheat and dairy, is an overgrowth of pathogenic gut bacteria. And on the outer walls, this was explained to me um, by a doctor, and the blog is on my website, it, the, on the outer walls of pathogenic gut bacteria is something called lipopolysaccharides. And those lipopolysaccharides, their job is to tell the vagus nerve in the gut which is, from, is the gut-brain connection, you know, gut goes up to the brain, to go and attack. It says bad guys in the gut go and attack. And the problem is that the microglia cells in the brain go and attack and they create something called glutamate, which is an excitotoxin, and it excites the neuron brain endings, and eventually they get tired and die. And so this is why you'll have memory loss, dementia, um, ticks or stammers might suddenly develop. A kid might bang his head against the wall. You know, like it, these things start happening because their brain is being damaged, mm -hmm. you know, and, and this can happen, um, I believe also because of vaccines, because vaccines contain glyphosate now and many other toxins, the glyphosate and the toxins go, can go pass through the, the, um, cell, the blood brain barrier and get into the brain. And these toxins can get in, in a way that they normally might not have done when we were children, right? When we got vaccines. So we know now that glyphosate is in vaccines because that's another thing we tested and we hope that further testing will be done, but the CDC is refusing to do that. Um, we have not had not yet heard back from the FDA, but um, these types of toxins have an incredibly impactful, um, are incredibly impactful, not just on our gut, but as you're saying, on our brain. So we'll see these, these you know, these inflammation that starts to happen and, and brain issues. Glyphosate also, when it impairs the body's ability to make tryptophan and serotonin and melatonin will impair a person's ability to sleep, right? Without melatonin, you're, right. you're going to have trouble sleeping. You're going to much more likely to get anxiety, to uh, have depression, bipolar issues, and even acts of violence. Right. And Mood, in a, sleep, and appetite are the three biggies for serotonin. Yeah. And, and, and you will see in children with autism and other adults with health issues, when they go organic, when they cut this this chemical out of their diet, when they stop introducing toxins into their body, the, the first thing that starts to shift is the children start to sleep better, or they start to make better eye contact, or they start to have less anxiety, they start to calm down and they start to focus. And so what we're doing is we're, we're giving their bodies the ability to heal itself, right? We're, yeah. we're saying, hey, your gut bacteria can do the job it's already been doing, and it's supposed to be doing. So when you don't destroy the gut bacteria, your body can produce its own serotonin, its own melatonin, its own guarin, it's all, all these hormones that, that help the body to function properly. We're protecting that immune system and that environment that impacts our entire nervous system and our brain and, and the way we function. So that is a very important issue now. And the way to do that, number one, as we said, is to, to eat organic, to put water filters on as much as possible. To, if you can't eat all organic, avoid the foods that we, we will have on our website, the top 10 foods to avoided. We also post on our Facebook page, please, um, you know, friend us on Facebook and, and like our Twitter page and you will get all of these types of notifications as soon as we can avoid glyphosate as much as possible. Don't use it in your backyard, use alternatives and, and then do things to restore your gut bacteria, which number, number one is to introduce cultured and fermented foods, whichever way you want to call that. They have good bacteria. For instance, a tablespoon of sauerkraut has a trillion good bacteria. That's the, one of the first things I did with my kids. I learned about this website called Don, Donna Schwenk's website called culturedfoodlife.com. It's fabulous. She's a happy, lovely person, mom who recovered her child from 11 allergies in one year just by introducing 
uh, well, she cut out processed foods too, right? But she doesn't even mention GMOs and glyphosate. And frankly, I'm not even sure she knew about them at the time. She just said, let's get this junk food out and let's put in mm -hmm. fermented foods, kefir, kombucha, you know, organic yogurts and, um, and sauerkraut and different types of fermented vegetables and totally clear up her kid's immune system. She never asked to go to the doctor, totally healthy, totally happy, no crazy mood swings. You know, it's, it's fabulous. So put in fermented foods and then uh, replace your minerals. We all need trace minerals that are, we're being depleted of because the soil has been destroyed by these toxic chemicals. And so now if you want to get the same amount of iron that you had from a serving of spinach in the 1950s, you have to have uh, dozens. I don't, it's either 20 something or 50 something servings of spinach. It's just a huge, it's way more spinach than you could ever possibly eat in one serving. So um, we are not getting the trace minerals that we need. So putting in um, minerals and, and also protecting the gut environment. So I'm gonna mention, um, I guess, one or two uh, products that we recommend Sure. Um, once you go through this process and oh, by the way, if you, if you, if you want to know more information about, you know, what's going on with your child, I do recommend urine testing for fungus and, and pathogenic gut bacteria because that's what happened with my son when he, when he had a sudden outburst of autism symptoms, I brought him to the doctor and he said, I'm going to test him for fungus. And I said, why? And he said, well, because sometimes pathogenic gut bacteria and fungus can lead to inflammation in the brain, which can cause behavioral issues, which is exactly what I just talked about, right? So we had a very long talk about that. And, um, and he said, I should speak at MAPS, but I'm not allowed to because I'm not a doctor, right? But uh, he, he's, he's raising awareness now with other doctors about this. And he said that, uh, yeah, the fungus can lead to the behavioral issues. So he tested, my son tested off the charts high for fungus C. diff, gut dysbiosis. He had holes in his small intestines, but my other two sons did not. And they didn't have autism symptoms and they didn't have all these gut issues. Just my middle son did. And I went, why is that? And I realized because he didn't have a gluten intolerance. He was eating wheat. And, and we realized that glyphosate was being sprayed on wheat as a drying agent. In fact, the levels went up the year before 73%. 73% more Roundup was used in one year than the previous years. So um, the gluten allergy was saving him because it was making you my not other give him kids. gluten. Yeah, my other right. two kids were not yeah. eating wheat, and so right. they didn't have the gut issues that right. my middle son. They did. weren't getting the glyphosate. Right. Yeah. So, um, so we we stopped feeding him wheat. We fed all organic. The whole family switched to organic, and we introduced those things that I just talked about: fermented foods. We actually also added colloidal silver, which helps the gut. We reduced all sugar. No, he had no sugar from. Thanksgiving until New Year's, which mm -hmm. was amazing that he did that, but he did it because he knew how bad he felt, right? And he didn't want to feel that way anymore. So uh, no sugar, which feeds the bad gut bacteria. And, um, and then within six weeks, we retested him, his glyphosate levels, which were previously eight times higher than was found anywhere in Europe. His glyphosate levels were no longer detectable and his autism symptoms were gone and have never come back. I go heavily into this in, in my book, and it's what I do in my program as well. Healing the gut, which includes all the all of these issues. Uh, yep. The right diet, which I'm going to link to uh, on the bottom of this page, so that people can at naturallyhealingautism.com, and people can go there and get a free copy of the download of the diet, so they can see Great. what uh, what is available. Um, I've had parents tell me that their child started talking within two days yes. after starting this diet, and their eye contact and their sleep and all of these things improve in a matter of days for many of them. So it bodies. makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah. And the gut bacteria too, the candida pathogenic bacteria is a very, very big issue. It grows out of balance and then it releases a lot of other toxins that cause many other problems on its own. And so that's when we talk about fermented foods. I just want to caution people in the beginning, beware of the uh, amounts of fermented foods that you mm -hmm. give because mm -hmm. as you replenish those, those good bacteria, there's going to be what's called a die-off reaction sometimes. If you give too much, you're going to see way worse behaviors for a little while before you get better. So yes, I do, do want to do clarify. Slowly. For instance, my son's rash around his mouth definitely got worse before it got better. When mm -hmm. we were, um, but we were also giving him a antifungal, which costs six hundred fifty dollars a month, a compound medication. Which I, I really wish we didn't have to do a medication, um, but that's what the doctor recommended at the time. I know also now that Golden Seal could have done probably a very good job on it on on fungus, um, which is a tincture and. 
Um, and it, and he did warn me that it will probably get worse before it gets better. And that's what you're talking about mm -hmm. is the, is the die off. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's many different things that we need to do to, to, um, protect our children's gut bacteria. And, and one thing that I do want to talk about is now I know about, I didn't know about it with my children, but now I know about restore. And this is, um, it created by Dr. Zach Bush, who Dr. Mercola says deserves a Nobel prize for this. Yeah, he wasn't I, looking, I agree. Yeah. He wasn't looking for this product, you know, to, to create a product like this, but in his investigations, looking into cancer issues, he's, he's got three different degrees on, you know, different areas. He's a very highly educated doctor. Um, this promotes digestive wellness, it supports immune function, and it increases mental clarity. And how it does that is that it contains something called lignite, which is from 50 million year old soil beneath, beneath the earth, untouched by industrial chemicals, many other different minerals and things in it, and um, like magnesium and potassium and all that. But those aren't the, the sort of active ingredients, I want to say. It's what happens is that the lignite, and they, they've done tests on this, they've, uh, they have video or pictures of it on our website that you can see. When, when, here's the tight junctions of the gut, okay, which, which holds in all of the gut bacteria that helps our bodies to protect itself and the hormones and all that, right? So without this tight junction, they're all, they're gonna not, they're gonna come out and toxins will come out and everything. So the tight junctions of the gut, when you put glyphosate on, on in the tight junctions of the gut, they break apart, they've shown this. When they put Restore on, these zipper back up together. When they put glyphosate on again, nothing happened. So that means that the gut will be able to stay intact. The tight junctions will be able to stay intact, I mean. Um, and, and that gut environment can do what it's supposed to do. It can create the serotonin and the melatonin and the good bacteria. We're supposed to have 30,000 different good bacterias. Right now, we only have about five or 10 in most Americans, according to the doctors that I've talked to. So we need to restore that environment. And when that environment is restored, those good bacteria will begin to thrive. The bad bacteria will die off, like you just mentioned, and our body will start to balance itself. We'll be able to make our own melatonin, our own serotonin. I might need more melatonin, you might need more serotonin. But if we put an SSR, SR, SSRI in there, right, with just with a certain amount of serotonin, that's all you're gonna get. And I right. believe that's why some people are suicidal when they're on SSRIs. They're getting too much or they're getting too little or whatever it is. You can't just give one kind of medication for everybody. It's mm -hmm. you, These you psychotropic to... drugs are causing a lot more problems. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You want to deal with the cause of the issue on a natural biological level so that the body has what it needs and doesn't have the toxins in the way so it can, it can heal itself. This is all about it. It's, it's, that's what my slogan is, healing the causes, not just the symptoms, because you can go in and take care of the body. A, a lot of these, uh, the psychotropic drugs that kids are getting taken, if they're taking them for depression, you see this with children and adults, they're actually causing them to become suicidal if they have depression. They're causing them to become manic and homicidal yes. if they have aggressive issues. So they, and then, and parents are struggling later on trying to wean their child off of these medications and it's a big deal to get them off you need to yeah. do it properly with an educated doctor but if you can avoid going on them in the first place because you know there are natural things that you can do to help balance the system and that those behaviors that are going on in their brain their emotional system is being so affected by their gut and their biology and you have many many tools and we'll link to many of them and, and I have resources that you can use to get your children better naturally without any use of these drugs there's no need for them and um, and all of these natural other aspects that we have to offer you do work my own son was the same way and now he is totally recovered from full-blown symptoms of autism that is so awesome. all naturally no drugs were ever used for anything not yeah. even not even for the candida and pathogenics I, wow I use great all job. natural yeah. So I just job. like to tell people all of that so that you know that they exist for you. Yeah. There are lots of things out there that can help. I mean, there's, there's herbs, there's things to build the immune system. There's all kinds of things that are great. The immune defense summit that was just on recently had a great episode from Christopher David that talked about all the immune system that immune building things that you can do. Um, herbs like astragalus and echinacea and, um, just vitamin C and things like that just for the immune system itself because you know when you destroy the gut bacteria You're also destroying the immune system. So kids are much more likely to get autoimmune right. um, Issues and rashes and all that as well. But yeah, so the, the just some other things I want to mention that are on our mm -hmm. website as a 
as a, a fundraiser for Moms Across America to, to do things like support us with more flyers and our programs and our website and all of that. Um, we, we have Primary Detox, which is, a, which is in a dropper. It's all um, natural pesticide tested. It's, it's got mushrooms and Chinese herbs in it, things like that, that have been used for thousands of years. And, um, and so we, we really like this product. We also have Colorado hemp oil, which helps, you know, the talking, the, the lipopolysaccharides that I mentioned that talk to the vagus nerve and tell the brain to go on attack. This will calm that. This will, I can't say completely prevent it, but it will reduce that. So a lot of kids don't, are not as anxious. They help, you know, they sleep better. They're seeing, you know, there's more clarity in their thinking and in their focus. Um, so that's really great. And then we have Active H2, which helps with um, turning free radicals into water. And those free radicals can turn into cancer or inflammation. So very good thing that's highly tested. And then we have some, some mineral products as well. And this is our, our trace minerals, plant-based from the earth. And then we have another one that's from the sea as well. So uh, we have a lot of things that are addressed specifically what our moms have requested. You know, we need a good mineral. We need something for the gut. We need a detox. And so we have asked the best nutritional experts out there to support us with that. And if anybody has any other suggestions, we're happy to hear about them. I'm sure you have plenty. I mean, my, my naturopath recently told me GI Revive. It's very expensive, but it helps with, I think, coating sort of the gut and helping that gut um, lining uh, heal itself and helps with the acidity in the gut. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different uh, products that we, we suggest that you, you just look into. Different people react to different things, but just well, look into them. This is where my program it's called the autism moms mentor you can look it up autismommomsmentor.com awesome. came from because i had so many parents contacting me saying okay karen we know we need the, a good mineral and we know we need to heal the gut and we know we need heavy metal detoxification but and mm -hmm. and i used everything naturally and they're like how do we do this we instead yeah. of grabbing it multiple products off the internet or anywhere but then knowing the order to use them in because you, you need to prepare the system for things and so I the autism moms mentor program goes through the entire process from beginning to end with researched quality natural products uh, that will help the system to um, go through all of the stages you need to do and I the stage one is healing the gut and all that that implies yes, including the pathogenic one. bacteria yep. heavy metal detoxification detoxification and this is safe natural heavy metal detoxification not using the phar pharmaceutical drugs because the pharmaceutical drugs that are used often DMSA is the one you'll hear of it will pull out the good minerals from the body which again our kids are already deficient in, and it allows for reabsorption especially in the bowels and if your child is constipated that's going to even be accelerated then you're getting those heavy metals going back in all over the system so you really want to make sure that none of that happens and so um, I go through that naturally and that's stage two because you don't want to just throw people into that first uh, you're again you're preparing the system you're healing the gut natural heavy metal detoxification and then brain support and repair and then there are some some comorbid symptoms that are sometimes addressed such as Lyme and mold biotoxins that need to be known about but if you test for Lyme early on and your immune system is still flooded and over responsive you may get a negative result in any mm -hmm. of the uh, okay. the blood tests so you have to kind of wait till the system's healed up to do a testing before so that your test testing is more accurate and to know the right testing and i've done a, another uh, for mold and and uh, lyme issues there's another podcast at natural healing autism that you can look into as well but in that in my autismommomsmentor.com program if you're interested i lead you through from beginning to end so that i get rid of the confusion because so many people like myself are spending tens of thousands of dollars on things that don't work to find out what does work so i want to help people save not only the, the expense but also the time with your child so that you know how to properly go go about this and, and do it with the right products and um and yeah, it's a great because we're talking about a lot of the same things. I mean, this is that's we great. all should be on the same page. I'm because so that's glad you were. I'm so glad you're doing this because guess what? I can't do everything, right? <laughs> I figured this out. Like, oh my gosh! I just, I, you know, I just found out about another great website called Changing Habits. She's in Australia. They have this whole um, nutritional uh, certification that you can get, and she is, you know not for vaccines she's all for healthy food all for organic all for she knows 
everything that we're talking about. And she's already created a whole system where you can become certified because this is one of my dreams that we would do this for Moms Across America. Well, we don't have to do it. We can connect with all these awesome women that are doing things. Mentors, another thing we would love to have right. that service available for moms. Well, if somebody's already doing it, let's just share that. This is exactly. awesome, you know, and get these in the books that are being written. There's a lot of incredible books out there that just go through. All, don't reinvent the wheel and just right. look at what we've learned from each other and get a few of these books, you know, one at a time and read through and just try these things with your kids and stay and I, out I, of the overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. One, <laughs> yeah. One, and one, like you said, yeah, one thing at a time, but you know, but there are things that you can do. Like you really, you can clean out your whole pantry in yeah. one day. Okay, you don't have to, I know sometimes they say, we just, you know, just switch just the cereals or just switch the dairy, but then you're still feeling guilty about them eating the macaroni and cheese, mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Or the other toxic foods. You can just say, that's it. I'm cleaning out the pantry. Everything's got to go. Yes. You spent a couple more hundred dollars at the grocery store because you're re buying some of the staple things like organic olive oil and organic, you know, spices or whatever it is that you want to do. It, it does take an investment. But here's the thing. We were spending $650 a month on my son's fungal medication when he had autism symptoms just for that. Never mind the therapies right. that we would have had to get him had it continued. The testing that we would have had, the thousands of dollars of testing. The average family, you know, I'm sure, and you've heard with many of your moms, spend sixty dollars to $100,000 a year on autism, oh, autism you mm -hmm. know, things. So we've saved at least three hundred, close to $400,000. You know, we definitely have yep. not spent that on organic food. Right. And, and the whole family benefits from organic food, not just that one kid. So we're, we're preventing health issues in five family members and our dog by eating organic, which, you know, prevents thousands of dollars of healthcare costs. You know, it could reduce our spending out in the world, you know, reduces our month that we, that we could be spending on, um, you know, things like, uh, uh, um, lessons for our kids or vacations or whatever, although we don't spend a lot of money on stuff like that anyway. But, you know, the, the, the people, it, and my point is, is that it affects the entire economy. When we're yeah. sick, it impacts the entire economy. And the fact is, is that I think the reason why we have all these healthcare issues right now with our, our current administration is because they have crunched the numbers and they can see that we can't afford this. We are going to go bankrupt. According to the, the um, Canadian Broadcasting Channel that did a documentary on sugar about three years ago, I think, they said we only have 12 years left for diabetes to bankrupt the U.S. healthcare budget. And this and was that's three just years diabetes. ago. Yeah, and that's just diabetes. It was $279 billion or something like that, right? So if you look at diabetes plus cancer plus autism plus liver disease, one out of 10 Americans now has liver disease and glyphosate has been proven to cause liver disease. Right? You look at all of these factors. One out of five has mental illness. Glyphosate is, glyphosate is proven to be a neurotoxin, right. Right? along with many other chemicals like chlorpyrifos and, you know, all these, and, and endocrine disruption, infertility issues. You put all of these healthcare issues together, I bet they have determined that it's not 10 years that's going to be for us to go bankrupt. It's now. It's We've watched right it now. accelerating. And you yes. know that these children, not only is there the whole autism aspect, you want your child back and who to who they really are healthy. Yes. But then these children, if they don't get the help they need and the resources and the parent knowledge to get them better, then they grow up and then they're still autistic as adults and they're talking about the the what it's going to cost the country, the world yes. to take care of these children later on. And I talk to parents all the time. One of their biggest fears is who's going to take care of my child when I'm gone. And if you can help your child get yeah. so much better now, it will, it will save you all of that. Well, and there's not just that, but you're not going to be taken care of by your child. If your child is not capable right. of taking care of you when you're elder. So now you've got everybody that has to be taking care of somebody else. And wait a second, where, who's going to do that if half of America is sick, you know, at the current levels it, in, in, you know, 10 or 12 years, it's going to be most of us are sick. So um, this is, this is a, a serious health crisis. And um, I, I focus on this even more than climate change, because if we don't have sane people in office mm -hmm. that are doing things to prevent climate change, we won't, you know, none of this will matter. 
If we, right. if we don't have sane people that are policemen, if we don't have sane teachers, if we don't have sane, you know, city council members, you know, preventing the spraying of, of glyphosate in our waterways. We, if we don't have health, we have nothing else. And so as you mentioned is, earlier, healthy children to create a healthy future population. Yes, yeah, we have to have, if we don't have healthy children, we have no future. It is the number one most important factor of all decisions that should be made as far as policy and uh, laws and all of that. And that's, the, the Native Americans got it right. They make decisions based on the next seven generations. If that decision is not healthy for seven generations down the road, they don't do that. Right. You know, and we've yeah. lost that in America, and we moms have lost um, the the perception of our power. The Native Americans, the way they set up their government is that the mothers elect the leaders of the tribe, and the mothers to this day still have the power to remove a leader based on lack of performance. So the mothers decide if the leader is protecting us, he gets to stay in office. If he's not, he's out. Well, what's going on in America today is... It's not one political party or another. I'm not targeting this administration either. Obama and Clinton, they're the ones that opened the floodgates to all these regulations. So, you know, deregulating GMOs and all these toxins. So it's been generations mm -hmm. of, of, frankly, men that have decided to pollute the planet for profit versus protecting the people. And, and we women need to rise up and we need to speak out about what is happening and we need our men our, our supporters our male supporters and our kids supporters and aunties and uncles and teachers and everybody to support and do something about this and and I really thank you for having me on to speak about this I, I urge everybody to please go to momsacrossamerica.org look up action and under there is a national toxin-free town campaign if you want to get roundup and other toxic chemicals out of your towns out of your cities your streets we have a video we have materials we have um, you know, what other people have done there. And then you can also go to our data page. If you're doubting any of the facts that I stated today or perspectives, we have scientific studies, um, a, just a whole huge list of them. That, and that's only a fraction of what there is actually available. We just have picked out what we find are the, is the most important. And, um, and we also have materials. If you want to have an event, go to our events page and post your event. Like for instance, say a movie night showing um, our movie, we have a movie called Communities Rising, which is on YouTube, and it's really fun to watch with another group of people because you can, you can have really healthy discussion after. It's only 48 minutes. And so if you have a movie night, post that event on our website, show the movie at the library, or if you want to your home or, um, you know, a, a local community center, have a potluck, right? Bring some organic food and state organic potluck, and that will get people to think about it and bring organic mm -hmm. food. And, and if they can't afford organic food, have them bring organic juice, right? So um, have, have an event posted on there. When you post it, you get a code for a free box of materials that um, if you just pay for the shipping, we will send you, it's worth, I don't know, $125 or $250 worth of materials. So you can give these materials to the people who come to your event. They can leave them in their library or their doctor's office or their preschool or whichever. And then you can create a healthy community. Right. You can Help take to those educate. to everybody. Yeah, you can empower your entire community by getting these flyers out and this information out to them. And I know that uh, you also have a place on, on momsacrossamerica.com where people can donate to your cause if they choose to. You're a nonprofit organization. Yes. As is Naturally Healing Autism is pending right now, becoming a nonprofit. So Good for you. that means that any fees that you pay for anything or any donations you make are going to be tax deductible for you as well. And yes. then it helps us to do what we are doing to educate the, the populations about all of this that we've discussed and get your kids better, keep them better, and then help help to educate more people about it so that globally that we can we can have access to, to all of those people and help everybody and yeah. have a better future. I mean, ultimately, that's what it's about. So yeah, please, uh, please go naturallyhealingautism.com, momsacrossamerica.com. I will link to all of the things that we discussed. And um, Zen, thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I mean, it's really amazing that you have over 600 leaders already and that people yeah. are spreading this. And for anyone listening, if you have desire to be part of this and help, then please go to momsacrossamerica.com and, uh, and uh, see what, 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 uh, what you'd like to help with at, at that level. On, and they have multiple things that you can, look, you can look into on their website to help out. So, yeah. all right. Anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? 
Uh, no, just keep being empowered. Keep trying. Don't give up. Forgive yourself for the past, you know, anything that happened and um, get informed, you know, just keep learning and just do one thing a day. That's all. Just take on one thing a day. Don't get yourself overwhelmed and, and take the time to acknowledge yourself for what you did do and your friends and your buddies. And it's, it's really helpful to get a buddy in this situation and mm -hmm. to, to do this with another friend. It's, it's really um, wonderful to expand our world, world that way and to, to have a partner in it. So um, yeah. And, and I have a book coming up. It's called Unstoppable, How to Transform Sickness and Struggle into um, Triumph, Empowerment, and a Celebration of Community. And I hope you'll check that out. It's, it's, the launch is not out yet, but um, I hope to include, Karen, some of your work in there. I would be really honored if you would include some of your work Absolutely. in there. Absolutely. And, um, and we'll just keep sharing Empowering Moms. And I, I thank everybody very much for everything you're doing. All right. Thanks again so much. And uh, everybody, um, we're proud of you. I know it's a long journey. It's a tough journey. And I know that changing a kid's diet is not an easy thing sometimes. So that's where that buddy system or support system comes in. Um, and, uh, you know, one thing at a time, a slow process to, to get it ha to happen. It will happen. I've seen, I, I did it with my own son. He was a super picky eater. Now he'll, he's, he's healed and he'll eat anything. He doesn't have picky eating issues at all. So it can happen. It will happen. Just be patient. I know it can be a tough one sometimes, but just, just know that you're doing the best you can and know that you're doing a great job. And yeah, uh, be patient, know. but take charge too. You're the one that buys the food. So any food yes. that's in the house is there because you put it there. So be in charge of the food. This is what we're eating. Right. <laughs> Including know? processed yeah. carbohydrates, because even yeah. if they're gluten-free, they are feeding those candida and pathogenic bacteria because they turn to sugars in the body. Yes. And again, I'm going to link on this uh, podcast page here to, um, to my diet so that people can access it for free. And you can just see what the, the diet is. It's the same one in my book, but you'll be able to, to get it right away and, and have instant access to that so that you can thank start you, doing those things right away. All right. Great. Thank you again, Zen. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.